This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge the ongoing connection to land, waters and culture. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everybody and welcome back to Ozpol Snackpod, the podcast where normally two of Australia's foremost political nobodies bring you bite-sized chunks of Australian politics and news with a side of crispy memes. Uh, and we are the official podcast of the Ospol Shit Posting Facebook group. But um, once again this week, my co-host Zach is away, so it's just me. Uh, my name is Noon. Hey everyone, welcome. Um, uh, I imagine there's not a whole lot of people who are listening to this as their first episode, but uh, yeah, normally I have a co-host who's very uh, witty, uh, informative, and passionate, and um, he adds a lot to the show. But uh, I'm just going to do a little quick show by myself this week. I've just got you know a handful of stories, um, trying to probably keep it to like 20 to 30 minutes, because um, there's a lot of monologuing. But yeah, just got a couple of stories, and you know we wanted to make some content for you, and... Uh, we had a couple ideas for like special shows, but they're all going to be way too much work. Um, so yeah, I've just I'm just going to do a mini show by myself this week, a little uh, bite-sized chunk of um, snack pod, and uh, yeah, next week or, or maybe oh, maybe the episode could be like a a bottle of solo noon or something. Yeah, I'll think about it. Uh, yeah, normally, I have Zach to like bounce the puns off as well. Uh, anyway, before I get started, I want to thank you very much to our patrons, new patrons, uh, and existing patrons who support the show financially and um, keep us going, help pay for our transcripts, which are available on the website, which the last week's one hasn't been because Zach's been away and he does the uploading, but uh, yeah, I'll try and try and get that and this week's one up ASAP, so sorry about that. Um, so thank you to our new patrons, Aviva and Therese. Thank you so much for signing up. Um, and shout-outs to Permanent Palimpsest who increased their pledge because um, they feel sorry for Zach having a, a family situation. So um, that's really kind. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be back to our normal show next week. Um, if not, then yeah, we'll release something to let you know what's up at least. Okay, so uh, what are we having for entrees, Noon? Well, uh, we're having... Um, Sydney soup, I guess. Uh, Sydney is underwater. Um, there's been flooding, more than 180 state emergency service rescues, and it looks set to get worse, basically. Um, the Bureau of Meteorology says that next week, two-thirds of the country will be experiencing heavy rain. Um, so, yeah, get your washing done today. Um, and, uh, you know, stay safe, and don't drive through flood water, even if it looks like it'll be fine. Just, Just don't. Cool. Well, that's the entree. Uh, maybe I should have set up top. I, I said I'm going to be pretty quick, but like, um, obviously I don't have anyone to banter with or clarify things, so I'm just trying to like, yeah, get through these stories pretty quick. Um, there might be more stuff in them, but yeah, I don't want to make you all have to listen to just me for like 45 minutes while I do a detailed analysis of the meteorological patterns off the coast of Australia. Anyway, well, let's move on to our next segment. Hey man, I got some more beers. Oh, uh, I don't know if I can drink anymore. I'm feeling kind of sick. No, come on, we're having another round of Coronas. So vaccine rollouts are continuing around the world. Um, in relation to Australia, Italy is holding on to 250,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine that are meant to be shipped here, which is, you know, kind of rude, but to be fair, they need it much, much more than we do, so it's probably a good thing, really, uh, on the whole. But uh, definitely rude. Um, 
And a bunch of countries in Europe have suspended giving out the AstraZeneca vaccine after about 20 people had unusual blood clots after receiving the vaccine. Um, there are unusual types of clots that are appearing in unusual demographics, specifically women under the age of 55 who are not a high-risk group for blood clots. Um, and there's been some mixed information about this, which is because it's like happened over the last couple of days and is like actively changing every day. So initially, the general consensus was that um, there were less than the normal background number of blood clots for the population, right? So like 20 million people got the vaccine, there were five blood clots, that's like you would expect 10 blood clots in that number of people or something like that. So like it's it, it was just like people getting blood clots coincidentally after they had the vaccine. However, in the last like 24 hours or so, more numbers have come out, and it seems like there is actually some kind of association between the vaccine and these sorts of clots. Um, and partly that is because of this unusual demographic that's receiving them. Um, they also seem to have some kind of uh, interaction with a low platelet count, which is not something I know anything about, but like um, the vaccine might be interacting with some unusual, un like very rare immune system situations or whatever and like because they're one in a million cases and the vaccine's been rolled out to millions of people they wouldn't have shown up in the clinical trials of tens of thousands of people um so yeah watch this space um it's very unclear uh we were hoping to get a, a potluck from listener guy with a long name um but they they wrote to me and we're like uh, this is getting way more complicated and I can't fit it in and I don't want to say the wrong thing so instead I'm saying the wrong thing um, so yeah we'll look forward to an update on this next week uh, but basically all of the European and Australian medical safety agencies or whatever have said like the clots are so rare given how many vaccines are given out that basically people should just get the shot anyway and Dr. Norman Swan who's the ABC's main like corona guy said that essentially uh, we should actually, in Australia, be more cautious about how we roll out the AstraZeneca vaccine here because, uh, on the one hand, we have much lower rates of community transmission of coronavirus than Italy does, for example. So the risk of getting a blood clot compared to the like reward of not catching coronavirus is very different because it's very unlikely that someone in Australia will catch coronavirus anyway. So it might be worth not rolling out the AZ vaccine to the general population until we have more info about these clots. Uh, and in particular, he said, uh, Norman Swan said that like, um, because it's in this demographic of women under 55, uh, most of the people in the current phases of the rollout of the vaccine are not women under 55. Um, and so it, he thinks that we should probably keep doing this. So I think we're up to stage 1B, or as insightful snack pod listeners might know it, stage 2. Uh, which is not being rolled out to many women under 55. So um, he's kind of like, yeah, let's keep going. Maybe when we get to stage 2A, a.k.a. stage 3, um, we should not uh, like uh, save the doses of the Pfizer vaccine and the other vaccines that are available for people in this demographic or people who have low platelet counts. Platelet counts. Anyway. Okay. Um, and... So yeah, that's what's going on with the vaccine, and I just want to transition into the First Nations story that I have here, uh, which is, um, so this is a quote from The Age. Um, the fact Indigenous communities kept COVID-19 infection rates six times lower than the rest of Australia without a single death is proof that when they have control and autonomy over policies and programs, success follows. 
Um, so this is a, a comment from June Oscar, who's the Australian, uh, sorry, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commissioner. Um, and she said when the pandemic started, Australian governments, quote, finally put their trust in local insights and expertise to keep our people healthy. As we've all said time and again, we know what's best for our own health and well-being. When control is in our hands, when we can exercise autonomy, we succeed. These comments from June Oscar were on Close the Gap Day, which was on Thursday this week. And uh, like the point she was making is that the Close the Gap report would be so much more useful if we actually like let First Nations people like sort themselves out rather than like having having fucking you know these paternalistic impositions from white australia because every time white australia tries to help first nations communities what we do is arrest and murder and jail them um and like take them away from their parents um so yeah if, if we actually wanted to increase the standards of living and quality of life of of indigenous people we would just expand the powers and control that they have over their own lives uh, instead of like putting them on welfare cards uh, where they can't spend their own money or whatever the fuck yeah uh, yeah it's just ridiculous um uh, but this the, the the story here is that like I'm, I'm getting angry about the the connotations of this but the the cool thing the story here is that indigenous communities have done an amazing job of of dealing with COVID-19 and this is really good evidence that we should hand over control to them uh yeah so anyway before I move on I just want to say there have also been three indigenous deaths in custody in this last month and that is horrifying and I we need to go into that in more detail um and We'll get to that in the next few weeks, and I'm sorry that I'm not reporting on that this week. Um, yeah. Okay, well, now on to our next story. You fucked up! This is about uh, New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller, who is a racist piece of shit who um, empowers the police that kill First Nations people. But anyway, uh, that's not really what the You Fucked Up story is about. Um, but just to cast your mind back for the last 12 months or so, Mick Fuller, uh, you might remember him for A, letting the Ruby Princess dock and uh, letting a bunch of infected people out uh, without, you know, quarantining, uh, for trying to cancel the Black Lives Matter rallies on the basis that they were coronavirus risks, and for generally being a piece of shit. Uh, he's rumoured to be a member of Hillsong and a close friend of Scott Morrison's. Well, this week, Mick Fuller was um, responding to the whole Christian Porter rape allegation situation and he suggested that Australians use some kind of consent app uh like there's not enough detail in this. it was clearly just like a, a silly thought that he had and said out loud instead of like punching himself in the face and retiring which is what he should be doing all the time but um uh, he, he kind of implied it was inspired by the coronavirus like check-in thing when you go to a restaurant check-in a, a QR thing he was like well a year ago I never would have imagined I'd be doing that so maybe a year from now people will be using a consent app on their phones but um, almost immediately everyone in the country was like this is a terrible idea and he did actually say something like well this might be the worst idea I've ever had I might never talk about this ever again so I feel like he kind of floated it, immediately realized he's the worst person in the world, and was just like, yeah, maybe I'm terrible, actually. <laughs> maybe the suggestion was bad. And look, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about why this is a terrible idea, because all of you can think about 
that for a sec, but like one example that everyone is like the easy fucking terrible thing is that like people can give consent and then retract consent or not consent to something else and the app will be like you have consented so that obviously that would make it even more difficult to seek legal action or whatever anyway terrible idea uh mick fuller maybe this should be a blessed take and uh, instead of a you fucked up it was the best of takes it was the blurst of takes you stupid monkey anyway mick fuller <laughs> bad take stop it quit your job uh, there was a post someone did in the group, and I was bullshit posting, saying that he might run as a liberal candidate. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to move on now to... Just kind of like a mini mains, I guess. Um, and the positivity corner is that Victoria has written a ban on fracking into the Constitution. Uh, and this is huge for a couple of reasons. One which is, like, good, and one which is question mark. Um, so the straight-up positive bit is that it's good news for the future of, you know, Victoria slash Australia slash the world, because fracking uh, is a particularly destructive and dangerous form of natural gas mining. It's technically called hydraulic fract fracturing. Um, I used to do activism about fracking in rural Victoria, so on a personal level I'm, like, very pleased that this is like the ban is staying in place because when it went in place we were like oh this is going to be in place for about a month and a half until the next election and then Labour hadn't committed to keeping it so it's exciting that Daniel Andrews has um yeah has like decided to do this so that that's awesome uh so I'm pleased about it quite aside from the fact that it's going to like slow the uh inevitable progress of climate change however the real thing that everyone is talking about about this story is that it this isn't the kind of thing that should be in the Constitution, basically. Uh, so the idea is that the Constitution is a neutral document and that policies should be up to the government of the day. And I'm trying to... Th I was trying to think of an analogy for this when I was writing the notes. And I, I, the, I'm not... I, I used to be <laughs> famous amongst my friends for making terrible analogies. So maybe there's a bad analogy without, you know, Zach here to rein in my free license. But I thought it was like making a law, like kids have to hold their hand... Ha hold hands with their parents when they cross the road. And the reason for that is, like, yeah, like, holding your parents' hand is a, when you cross the road is a good idea, but it's not really what laws are for, if you know what I mean. And in the same way, banning fracking is not really what the Constitution is for. The Constitution is supposed to be this neutral, like, rule book of how government is structured. It's not supposed to have anything about like what government does in it. I think that's that's kind of the point. And I can kind of see that, but like the idea of having a neutral document is highly suspicious to me and um like the things that appear neutral are the least neutral and the most political. So like and, and, and like I guess that's kind of obvious in the case of a constitution because it's like literally like the foundation of politics and the state right like you can't get less neutral than that is like especially you know in a colonial nation where it's like yeah the existence of the government is a policy of genocide right but i, I kind of see their point right in terms of like this is a liberal democracy the government's supposed to be able to change the laws um, and they can't change this law very easily. 
Um, so I kind of see the point. But I also think, quite aside from my like Zizek neutral ideology point or whatever, I think our current constitution actually does include a lot of things that could be considered policy positions. So, for example, it acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and actually has something in it reasonably similar to the acknowledgement that I did at the top of the show. And in 1975, when the Constitution was signed into law, I think that was fairly radical, or at least, like, fairly progressive, right? To, to acknowledge that traditional owners have a pre-existing claim to the land, um, and that, like, the, like, the terra nullius isn't real or whatever, like, that's a reason, that, that's a policy position in white colonial Australia, or at least it was 50 years ago. But it also, despite that, it also acknowledges the traditional owners that it, it also specifically says that it, the constitution, doesn't give rise to any legal avenues by the traditional owners of the land to challenge the existence of Victoria slash Australia. And that's also a policy position, right? Like, now in, in 2021, we're getting a whole lot of situations with, you know, we are talking about this a couple of weeks ago, about native title, extinguishment of title, land rights, and the extinguishment of land rights, and, like, these overlapping different legal avenues for um, rejecting the colonial government in, in whatever different way. Or, or, like, you know, yeah. So having a thing in the constitution that says this doesn't give any doesn't give rise to any legal options by traditional owners that's actually a very conservative policy position entrenched in the constitution that nothing in it can be used to challenge the existence of the state right so yeah and like there's a whole lot of other stuff in the constitution that is like maybe less political or whatever but like is still debatably policy like the retirement salary for governors and the conditions for choosing a governor or whatever, which, you know, politicians change their own salaries and their own retirement salaries as a matter of policy. So, like, why is the governor excluded? Like, that's still a policy. It's just one that everyone's kind of like, yeah, we probably shouldn't change that too often. So, it, and if the government could change those to give themselves an advantage, especially stuff like how to choose a governor, they absolutely would. Um, so, yeah, the, the Constitution is full of policy positions. They're just ones that are considered neutral or acceptable or something like that, that aren't, like, contentious on some level. Which, again, considering it was written in 1975, I think maybe that's not historically the case, necessarily. So, anyway, my point here, the conclusion that I'm coming to with this mini-mains is that I actually think it would pretty reasonable to include some kind of climate-related thing in the Constitution. So, something like, you know, the government is responsible for ensuring Victoria produces less than zero total carbon emissions each year on the pain of spending a month in jail for, you know, cabinet spends a month in jail or something like that. You know, like, obviously that's ridiculous, that would never go in. But, like, something you know that like having a climate related thing in the constitution is actually a really good idea and is a great use of the constitution because unlike holding hands across the road or like i don't know what's another policy the government has like uh, you know the the social housing rebuild or whatever which uh, we did that interview with david a couple of months ago about that and how it's a terrible idea but like those sorts of things are kind of different from climate change could because climate change is a global, universal problem that everyone is in the same amount on some level and is going to be, like, 
fundamental to essentially the rest of human civilization, I think that's the kind of thing that maybe is worth going in the Constitution. Um, and the reason a ban of fracking is kind of weird is that it's sort of not big enough to go in the Constitution. Like, fracking is bad and it should be banned and, like, good, but, like, it's... It hasn't even started in Victoria yet, and, like, coal mining is huge here. So it seems like a weird thing to put in, as with the holding hands across the road, making that a, a law. Like, it's just kind of a not necessarily the right mechanism for it. But that said, I can't bring myself to hate it. I Like, I would just rather there was no fracking. And if that, like, the entire fucking government is built on you know, mismanaging things and, like, getting shunky advantages over, like, to, you know, it's why inquiries and consultation never produce anything, because the mechanisms of government are designed to, like, get the outcome the politicians want and not good outcomes. So, like, fuck it. This is a good outcome. I, I think it's fine. That's my hot take. Let me know why you are protective of the Constitution of Victoria. That's the other thing. This is a Victorian constitution. It's not even the federal constitution. But anyway. Okay. So that was my mini mains. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, now, I'm just going to move on to... Shitpost of the Week. And, you know, I, pro I probably should have put this up with the, the vaccine stuff, but it's just so funny on its own that I, I'm just going to have it at the end here. So this, this shitpost of the week uh, is a layup assist to Nis Harkness, um, moderator of Ospol Shitposting, uh, who shared a Pauline Pants Down post, who, fuck yeah, Pauline Pants Down, they're great. Um, and it was, uh, the, the post is several tweets. The first one is a tweet from at Mick underscore Tsikas, uh, and it's a photo of Craig Kelly, liberal, oh, former Liberal MP Craig Kelly, holding a piece of paper with a photo of himself receiving a vaccine. And it's captioned, Craig Kelly shows a photo of himself being vaccinated to prove he's not an anti-vaxxer. Very funny. Craig Kelly looks very funny. His, he has a silly face. And um, no matter what he's doing, it's hilarious. But this holding a picture of himself, hilarious. Hilarious stuff. When will politicians learn that they shouldn't hold pieces of paper? Because the next tweet, oh, the next image in this Pauline Pants Down post is a blank one of, you know, Craig Kelly holding a blank piece of paper and um, Pauline Pants Down has put in protect trans kids, uh, which, fuck yeah. Um, and obviously Craig Kelly would hate that because he's a jerk. And, um, but there was some other really good tweets. So there's a really good one uh, from Nick Scully at skulls underscore six at Twitter. Uh, Craig Kelly shows a photo of Craig Kelly showing a photo of himself being vaccinated. And indeed, Craig Kelly is holding a photo of himself holding a photo of himself being vaccinated. Very funny. There are a bunch of good ones in Ospol shitposting as well. John O. Young doing Always Was, Always Will Be. Hell yeah. Uh, Morgan Little. Um, I don't understand how vaccines work and at some point, and at this point I'm too afraid to ask. Um, there seems to be some other joke going on there. It's in sepia. I don't get it. Uh, Morgan, if you want to let us let us know. Maybe Zach would get this joke. Sorry, everyone. I'm letting you down here. And uh, my favorite from Ethan... Uh, how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? Which, yeah, that's right. Do the Batusi. Okay, well, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this uh, can of Solo Noon was um, drinkable uh, or refreshing even. Um, hopefully Zach will be back next week. Uh, as I said up top, 
I'll let you know. I'll do some kind of post next week, even if it's not a, a normal full episode again. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'll probably be back next week. We'll see. And um, thank you all for kind words to him. Um, I, I'm sure he appreciates it a lot. And, you know, he knows he's loved by our listeners, which is, you know, I think what he needs at the moment. So that's lovely. Um, please uh, head over to Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash ospolsnackpod. Um, yeah it's it's really nice we like it and uh you know you get access to our discord um you get uh, for like 10 us dollars you get a cool limited edition snack pod pin um you can also uh suggest things for bonus episodes uh, we do one bonus episode each month this one may in fact be late um but i might try and rustle up a, a bonus episode without zach uh depending on um yeah what the situation is yeah, uh, and uh, you can hang out in our Discord and, and chat with us. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that is the end of the business, so now I'm just going to give you a quick little pup date. Now it's time for a pup About sweet little snooty bagel. Um, he's been a really good boy. I've been doing a bunch of extra training with him. I, I watched this show on Netflix uh, called Canine Intervention, which was really good. And I'd strongly recommend all of you watching it. Uh, I, I mentioned it to Zach because, you know, Dante also nuisance hound and he's also interested in dog training. And he like Googled it and he was like, oh, apparently he uses uh, choke collars. And I was like, ah, damn it. And like, I, I do vaguely remember something about that in the show, but it seems like it is actually a big part of his training technique, which is kind of shitty. Not Zach's, I mean, the, this guy on, on the show. Nonetheless, I actually don't think that's like the violent part of his technique is the most effective or essential part and he just got really incredible results from a much more reactive aggressive dog than bagel in about three weeks of like intensive training and yeah being violent definitely does make training more efficient and i'm not willing to do that with bagel um so you know not expecting the same kind of results um but it was still inspiring i I feel like i've hopped on this violence thing it's more of a disclaimer the show was really lovely and amazing lots of cute dogs being good boys um and uh yeah uh, quite a bit of marriage counseling which is apparently a a big part of the dog trainer's job so anyway uh yeah maybe maybe go give that a go Uh, watch the show see see what you reckon let me know um but uh my point was, it inspired me to do a lot more training with Bagel. So we've been uh, meeting more dogs and going, uh, hanging out and looking at dogs at the dog park way more. And yeah, I've just been putting in more effort about that because I've had a bit more hope about getting somewhere with it. So that's been really lovely. Um, and I think Bagel has been mostly enjoying it, even though it's a bit stressful for him in a way that it's not for me because, yeah, he's scared of dogs and I um, just like wish he wouldn't shriek. So anyway... Okay, that's going to do it. Um, Thank you all for listening. I hope this wasn't too much undiluted noon. Uh, And, yeah, as uh, uh, a wise man once told me, um, keep on snacking in the free world. And as I've always thought, fuck cops crunch crunch.